So I debated how to start the message today, well, with it being Super Bowl. So I thought like, oh, maybe I'll make a joke about the lectionary and how they didn't remember back in the day that this would be the Super Bowl and touchdown Jesus doesn't even make an appearance in our text today. Or does our text reveal a secret hidden message of which square to put my initials on today at the old game? I didn't like that joke, so I didn't use it. I thought about taking the focus off the game. Thought it'd be edgy. Don't even mention the Super Bowl. Tom Brady's not even playing. Nobody cares. In the end, it was just too distracting. And I thought, this morning, we're going to continue to work our way through the Gospel of Luke. So let's pull out our Bibles. The text is there on uh, the back of the handout that you got um, when you walked in today. We're looking at the life and the way of Jesus and what it means for us as disciples as we grow in his love. Now, In the text that you have, it's going to be a little bit different than the way that I present it to you in our message. I kind of combined the blessings and the woes. Your text has blessings, then woes. So I didn't want you to freak out thinking that I was reading a different text, but that's just my announcement when we get there. But in our text today, we have Luke's recorded version of the Beatitudes that we see in Matthew chapter 5. Now, Luke has fewer blessings, and he's accompanying each blessing with a woe. And that word blessed in our text today comes from that Greek translation of the word makarios, right? They landed on blessed when they were trying to combine the idea of deep joy with the accompaniment of God's favor and acceptance. So they just said blessed. They didn't have hashtags back in the day, but they just said blessed. Now, they also have the word woe in our text today, and that's just something that's causing sorrow or distress or trouble. But what I want you to notice today, with delight, I would hope, is that the blessing that is present in every case is done in the present tense. The blessing to be enjoyed now, delighted in now. It's not blessed shall be, but blessed are. Now, you'll recall up to this point in Luke's gospel, we've heard the people that they're amazed at Jesus' word. We've learned that Jesus has uh, uh, his words of authority, the authority to accomplish, the authority to forgive sins, and people are just flocking to him because of the miracles he's doing, the casting out of demons that he's doing. And of course, this whole time he's been proclaiming what, right? Proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. And today, the words of Jesus that we're encountering challenge us and force us to participate now in his kingdom way. These words are going to call us to rethink what we are so certain we know. Because these words of Jesus make us look at ourselves and recognize, like Christine talked about at the beginning, our brokenness, our pride, our sin. Calls us that we should be seeking something else first. Because make no mistake about it, this world that we live in, and ourselves included, seek and shout and clamor for attention. Demand that everyone see and like what we are doing. Because it's our own voice, our own experiences that must be heard. What we care about, right, is much more important than anything else text is going to challenge us because we have grown up now and lived in a society where it's good to be obsessed with something for a little while until the next thing comes along or the next event or outrage comes along in about an hour. The text today will call you to more than just obsession but to a new way of life. You will find that our text today is difficult because it comes to us 
via words? And do we not now with words assume that everything is just misinformation? All words are slanted. All words will shift depending on what or who is in charge and what they want. And it can be very difficult to look at this new way of life, getting used to different rules and norms. But we are here to hear Jesus' words, to redefine ourselves via the Spirit living in us, and to move past the idea that a person is blessed when they have more that we can look and point around and say, based on what you have, that is blessed. Our text today doesn't deal too much about salvation, but about how disciples of Jesus are to live in his kingdom. It's not an accident that we sang, deliver me from these things and give me Jesus. So, Katie, will you pull up our text? It says, He went down with them and stood on a level place. Large crowd of his disciples were there, and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, the coastal region around here in Sidon, who had come to hear him and be healed of their diseases, were there. They were those troubled by impure spirits, they were cured. And all the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Now, just before this, he had chosen the 12 disciples. Now, we aren't told how they felt about being chosen, but can you just imagine if this man who has power coming from him, who has been healing and teaching and doing all this stuff, looks at you and says, you are going to be one of my disciples. Hard not to hear that and then see it and experience with Jesus and be like, man, that's going to be me one of these days. I'm going to be doing that kind of stuff too. There's going to be people all clamming around me. I see that power and I want it. I mean, what do you think that looked like? Power flowing from Jesus. People crushing him, crowding around him, just wanting to touch him, to hear him. People coming from everywhere. And there in the midst of it is the 12 that have just been chosen, caught up in it. I wonder, are they getting pushed towards him? Are they trying to do a little crowd control? Are they getting squished? So comes this powerful four-line subtleness that is deep and important, and I want each of you to hear today. Look what Jesus says. He says, looking at his disciples, he said, looking at them, making eye contact with them, gaining their attention, gaining their focus, shouting, Pushing, noise, distractions, madness, busyness, the rush. He looks at them. Not some Jim Halpert look into the camera. Not a swagger-filled look because he's got the power flowing from him. But a cut-to-the-heart look that says, hear this. Focus on what I am saying. Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. There can be no pride here. Jesus starts defining where we stand when it comes to the kingdom of God. It's his kingdom. The blessing comes because you must be dependent upon him and him alone. 
Stop competing. Stop comparing. To be poor, friends, is to be humble. Find the joy of living in His kingdom, realizing that you don't bring anything to it, but you will receive everything. He says, let go of the way that you define success. Let go, surrender your pride, surrender the the greed of this world, that insatiable desire for more, and take heart. Because the Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. His favor rests on the ones that have been looked down upon. His acceptance goes far beyond what you own Favor, blessing are coming from Jesus. So it's no wonder he says, woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Remember, woe is a warning. It's not saying here that the rich don't receive the blessing of Jesus, don't receive the acceptance of the Father. Jesus is not saying you have to be materially poor in order to be loved by God. This warning says it is time to prioritize our lives differently. It is time to see through the fabrications that we live in. Because if your comfort is in your possessions, your plan, and your ability to control, what do you really need God for? If you only care about getting more and more rather than receiving what only the Lord can give, woe to you. Look out. Because that will lead to distress and sorrow and will create a false sense of comfort. Because the things of this world steal our heart. They mess with our minds. They, can, they take us away from God and move us towards ourselves. He says, let go. Let go so that you can hold on to more. Let go of what you think is blessing and cling to me. He says, if you've been looking at people based on what they have and wanting that or or creating a system based on what they have, it's time to start looking at things differently. It's time to start looking at the relationship I have with the Lord over what I have around me. It's time I start looking at my relationship with my wife regarding our faith together. Over what, whether or not she and I have enough. It's time I start looking at my daughter's spiritual growth over whether she's getting straight A's or her playing time. It's time I start looking at my neighbor's need instead of just trying to enclose the door. Jesus says it's time to become poor in spirit. For the poor only have God. Deliver me, Lord Jesus, from everything because I only want you more than anything else to seek you. Deliver me from what would stand in that way. Blessed are you who hunger now. You'll be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now. You will laugh. Look at your suffering and your needs differently. Look at them differently Not because they're going to be removed, but because it takes the power away from them. Let me say that again. Look at your suffering and your needs differently and take away the power from them. 
stop trying to check out, self-medicate, do what we do so that we don't have to feel. Sometimes it's better to crawl to the light than it is to hide in the darkness. There's a reason that Adam and Eve were hiding from God, sewing clothes together to not be seen because it's difficult. And these difficult times feel like they're always there lately. But you can be blessed because you can go to the Father. You are blessed because you can lay it down at His feet and to not be alone. Hebrews 4 is some of the most powerful pieces of Scripture in which we are reminded that Jesus, the great high priest, is not indifferent to our sufferings and to our pain, but has experienced them yet without sin. The author of Hebrews tells us to step boldly into the light, to come to the throne of Jesus, not in fear, but to receive mercy and grace, to receive what you need. We are not alone. We go to the Father and open your eyes and look around. Those sitting next to you are the ones that God has called you to help bear their burdens, to love and be there for them. And that's why we take heart and we gather to worship. Because not a single one of us came here saying, I have no sin, no pain, no problems. I'm just here for the music. We confess our brokenness and our need, recognizing that this world is going to do its worst and rage, but our Lord overcomes it and will wipe away the tear of every suffering and pain that we experience. So here comes the warning, the woe to you who are well fed now for you'll go hungry. What are you laughing now for you'll mourn and weep? Again, a warning. It's not saying that none of us should eat and that we should be somber and sad. You don't need to not eat or not laugh to be loved by God. It's a warning to prioritize your lives differently. Because if you care more about having a good time and making sure life is easy and doing whatever it takes to be comfortable, woe, look out. That only leads to sorrow and a false sense of joy. Sometimes we have to let go to hold on to what we need. Have to let go seeking pleasure all the time. Have to begin to sacrifice. Have to begin to get involved. To choose to do what our Lord did. Feed those who have no food. Comfort those who mourn. Be present with those who are suffering. Point them to the hope that we have. It's time. Fourth Saturday, help us feed with the preschool, care communities, caregivers day off, prayer team, visitation team, LWML, greeters, tech team. It is time. It is time to want the things of God more than the things of ease and pleasure. Jesus says, blessed are you when people hate you, exclude you, and insult you, reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice, leap. Great is your reward. 
If you are to be his disciple, you will experience harassment, exclusion, opposition. But when you seek his face and the Lord's approval, which you have already in Jesus, you become free from the need of everyone else's approval. That doesn't mean you're not accountable to others. But now the final say of who you are belongs to the Father. And in the midst of persecution and hate, you can rejoice. Because you seek His approval, His will. And when we do that, the relationships, the real relationships that we have, strengthen and improve, starting on what's happening on the inside of us. When we start praying with other people, when the person who is offending us and persecuting us, we start praying for That's how it's supposed to be, you know. The ones that are upsetting you, the ones who think differently than you, the ones who are hurting you, you are called to pray for them. You are called to be the first to ask for forgiveness, to seek less about being right and to seek more about being kind, gentle, patient. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you. For that is how your ancestors treated the false prophets. Another warning. It's not saying that none of us should speak well of each other or that if someone says something nice about you, be like, dude, you just jinxed me. What are you doing? Someone says something nice, you say, thank you. Speak well of your neighbor. Be a person of encouragement. The woe, the warning says, organize and prioritize your life differently because the praise of the world messes with our mind and steals our heart. If we care what others are saying more than what our God has called us to do, look out. So I want to close by reminding you, don't say the things that you think people want to hear right now just to be safe. Speak the truth in love. Be honest with people, but be gentle with them. It's okay to disagree with people and still be there with them. It's okay to be confident in what you believe, being confident in what the Bible teaches and what the Bible promises, that some things are right and some things are wrong. But at the same time, don't be judging people or isolating them just because they aren't there or because they think or behave differently than you. This is the change that is needed for modern disciples of Jesus, to be able to be in relationship with people even if their lifestyle is different than our own. The Word calls us to be more, and Christ promises to be in us and with us and amongst us. And all of the key to this comes from verse 20 at the beginning there. Look at Jesus. Don't take your eyes off of Jesus. Do not be distracted by the power, the fame, the whatever that is going on. Keep your eyes on the author and perfecter of your faith because we are nothing without him. He is truth, words and life the same. And today, on a day where all the eyes will be on a game, 
where we will see greatness in the midst of pushing and yelling and chip dip comes a call to surrender surrender your old ways of life and live live the kingdom life see the redefined way of greatness of discipleship you have been called to so much more hold it grab it don't waste any time because the eternal life that Christ Jesus has won for you on the cross, sealed and given to you in your baptism, is yours forever and ever, for now and forever. You are blessed because you are His. So will you stand with me? Let me bless you. Let me speak words of blessing over you.